Welcome to the Unleashing Sister Saints podcast. I've been having so many conversations these days with Latter-day Saint women who are also feeling the, I'm putting my fingers in quote marks here, the call to help unleash Sister Saints. They might not call it that. That's my framing. But trying to figure out actually how to do this, that's the challenge sometimes. So each of us as sisters in this church has a role for sure. And I wrestle with this for myself as I do podcasts and also do my writing and speaking. Each of us has a part to play in influencing others positively. I can't tell you what that role or call is for you. And you can't tell me what that is for me. So it is such a personal thing, that call or that role. Now, before I go further, I think I've been remiss to even mention the church book I wrote that came out last year in November through Cedar Fort Publishing. If you haven't found it, it's called A Future Only God Can See for You, A Guide for Teen and Young Adult Women on Preparing to Lead. And there's an associated book and then a workbook as well. So even though it says teen and young adult women, I think it's great for women of any age. So I've talked about my book on a number of podcasts, including the What Now podcast hosted by Mary Alice Hatch, who's wonderful. I'm on episode 54, titled Born to Lead. Mary Alice is one of the people who encouraged me to do this podcast, too, so I appreciate her positive influence on me. So back to the topic at hand. So I spoke at a fireside for youth a few weeks ago, and I read some quotes that I love. I've read them many, many times, but it's really prompted me to think more about what I believe is the expanded role of women in the church moving forward and how to help more women embrace that perspective. I truly believe that as women, there's a greatly needed beyond the womb, I say, we're needed to bear children, but we're needed to do so many other things as well. So I believe we need to prepare now for that expanded role in his kingdom here on earth. Now, before moving forward, I know that women leaning in and embracing is not the only challenge or opportunity there is. The research continues to talk about the processes, systems, and the practices too. We have seen some changes here and there in the church, and I pray for more. But in this episode, I just want to talk about a small piece of that, and that's really for women to lean in themselves. I know you've all heard this quote from President Spencer W. Kimball. Much of the major growth that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives and to the degree that women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from women of the world. I know you've heard that before, and I've actually said that so probably hundreds of times in speaking things in the church, but I want to stop there. Let's think about this for a minute. I do love this quote. When I read it again this morning, it seemed a little passive. Then I changed my mind partway through it. Let me talk you through it. Women should be good and people should just come to them, right? Maybe not. Let's dig in a little bit more. It says that women will be drawn to the church in large numbers because the women of the church are righteous in happy ways and articulate. Now, that I think is an interesting choice of words. I've read this quote many times at Firesides and thought maybe this choice of words was not the best. But now as I'm looking at the word and thinking about it, maybe it was a thoughtful choice. So articulateness means things like being eloquent or fluent, expressive, 
it's clarity and clearness. That actually is not passive. Just being good examples might be, maybe it's not. Maybe it's more active too. But this piece of being articulate is active. So more people will be drawn to the church to the degree that we, as women of the church, are righteous and articulate. Okay, I'm saying this again. I think this means that all women in the church need to be prepared to speak and communicate with more eloquence, fluency, expressiveness, and lucidity. It's not just living a good life. That's important. I shouldn't say just. It is a big deal. Living a good life is hard. It's a big deal. But also, we need to use our words and work to become more articulate. Okay, back to the quote. This will happen to the degree that women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives and to the degree that women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from women of the world. So today and moving forward, how do we as sisters in the church become, quote, seen in more visible ways as distinct and different? Okay, so distinct means different, diverse, separate. Let's not forget the part that says in happy ways. I keep, I think that's an interesting thing. I keep coming back to that. I also think that this needs to be done in ways that are not necessarily viewed as being weird different, but in respectable and valued, even admired ways. I've been thinking about this. I think to do it well, we can't fake our way through this. It has to be innate within us. It has to be authentic. I think it has to come from within, even part of our identity. I have to admit, when I was raising kids, I demonstrated, quote, happy ways. It was hard work. I don't want to go back and say I could or should have done things better. I don't think that helps anyone. I did what I did, and I think I did the best I could do. But how do I do things more effectively moving forward is the question for me. I guess the bigger question then is, How can we as faithful, committed sisters in this church do this in ways that will positively impact women to flock to the church in great numbers? You may disagree, but I don't think we're there yet. Honestly, I could use your help with this one. If you have thoughts to share about this point, I created a new email address, unleashingsistersaints at gmail.com. Feel free to share and let me know if you're okay with me giving you credit if I read something on my podcast episode. But I would like to hear your thoughts on this issue. Okay, the second quote I've been thinking about a lot was said by President Gordon B. Hinckley in 1985, it looks like. Here it is. I have often thought that if great numbers of women of all nations were to unite and lift up their voices... In the cause of peace, there would develop a worldwide will for peace, which could save our civilization and avoid untold suffering, misery, plague, starvation, and the death of millions. Wow. To me, this is powerful. We have work to do, don't we? Some key components here are unite and lift up their voices. To me, this is talking about women in the church and the great women from other religious societies working together but focusing on how to, quote, unite, and then how to lift up our voices to me is so interesting. Being prepared to do this in righteous ways, happy ways, while being articulate is something for us to think about for sure. So the rest of the quote goes like this. In the cause of peace, there would develop a worldwide will for peace, 
which could save our civilization and avoid untold suffering, misery, plague, starvation, and the death of millions. This is no small thing, sisters. The question then becomes, how do we do this? When I use, quote, unleashing sister saints, this is what I'm really talking about. How are we going to be the force that the Lord needs to rise up and use our voices, actually use our heads and our hearts and our hands to halt wars, to lift millions who suffer, to figure out how to end starvation on this planet? I believe we are tasked to do this as sisters in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How do we better get into these conversations at any level from neighborhood conversations to the peacekeeping tables of nations to be able to help one by one, family by family, community by community, and even the world? Each of our calls are so different, and it's not an either or. I've talked about that before. Sometimes profound things can happen in moments, something we say just for a moment. Now, sometimes for sisters, it's hard to get out of bed. Sometimes I've known people that it's just hard to get out of bed in the morning. And some sisters have been beat down by physical or psychological domestic violence of different sorts. Some may not struggle with these things, but they might struggle with confidence in themselves or struggle with not seeing themselves as leaders, but instead a follower. And following is important too. But I truly believe that we can all lead in different ways at different times in different settings. Now, finally, I don't have time to discuss this last quote much, but let me give it to you at least, and then you can think about it. The, the last one, President Joseph F. Smith in 1914 said this, It is not for you to be led by the women of the world. It is for you to lead the women of the world in everything that is praiseworthy, everything that is godlike, everything that is uplifting and purifying to the children of men. So how do we do this? For many, how do we even get to the point where we see ourselves as someone who could do work outside our immediate spheres and not feel overwhelmed, but more intrigued and excited? Each sister, every one of us, can learn to lead in new, powerful, and profound ways, discovering more about that future that only God can see for us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unleashing Sister Saints. This is Susan Madsen, and I'm devoted to unleashing the positive impact of Sister Saints on the world. <music>